Hey, how you doing? It's Clayton here from HowToDrawComics.net, along with co-host Ed Foychuk for another value-packed episode of the HTDC podcast. In this episode, Woo-hoo. we're going to be talking about the biggest learning mistakes when it comes to drawing comic books. And with so many different approaches you can take to honing your craft, there's certainly plenty of wrong pathways to go down. The greatest advantage to avoiding the pitfalls and challenges many of us needlessly run into along the way is that we're able to find track our learning curve to focus more on the things that actually matter, the things that are really going to level up our skill set in a dramatic way. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. Ed, how you doing today, man? I'm cool, man, because I got a new microphone. Nice. The Blue Yeti. Do I sound better? What do you think? You sound clear. Your voice is heavier, very, uh, very alpha. I'm feeling yeah. a little bit intimidated here. I'm getting all masculine up in this place. <laughs> well, like, like you need to be more masculine. But hey, I mean, why not, right? Well, you know, we all suffer from this. Uh, we think our voices sound a certain way, and then when you hear it played back to you, you're like, what? You know, that's crazy. I sound like that, right? So, yeah, totally. I mean, you've got yeah. kind of a honed presentation voice, actually, to be honest with you. You probably oh. weren't that shocked when you first heard it. Come on. This coming from you who's like... Hey, 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 welcome to HD. You know, oh, you've dude. got it down, man. You know it. I did not sound like that in the beginning. Let me tell you. I'll send you a link to my first YouTube video that I ever did later I on after the podcast. I actually want to hear that, man. Yeah, it's yeah, awkward and, and embarrassing, but heck, I'm going to do that. <laughs> cool, cool. I, no, you know what you need to do is post the link up for this podcast. You know, just throw it down at the bottom and just say, here's me putting it out there. Well, now I have to, don't I? I mean, there's no way of getting around it. (laughs) And, you know, it kind of fits with our theme here because we're talking about things, you know, basically mistakes that we make when it comes to drawing and stuff and putting ourselves at the mercy of others a little bit. And that's what we're going to talk about today, right? So um, we're talking about where we've messed up, whether or where we, not only where we have messed up, but where we see others messing up. And lucky for all of us and the people listening here is we've got a group of people, you know, the How to Draw Comics uh, Facebook group where everybody messes up, right? Totally, totally. (laughs) And this isn't me calling out any specific individual. It's like, listen, if you're posting in that group, you're messing up. You know, we all mess up. If you think you're not messing up, then you're messing up just thinking that you're not messing up, right? (laughs) Because we all do it, right? So how does it manifest, though? How do we mess up, right? Um, I think me and you could kind of take turns uh, talking about how we mess up, and hopefully uh, the people listening can kind of relate to where we're coming from, and I'm sure we'll have some similar experiences here, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, do you want to start us off since you're on a bit of a roll there? Um, Yeah, why not? Um, you know, the first one I'm thinking back and this really comes to, uh, I keep regurgitating this every time, you know, we, a similar topic comes up is I joined a website called pencil Jack, right? And mm-hmm. boy, uh, you're going to see him post uh, like some of the guys from pencil Jack are posting in, uh, the, the how to draw comics, uh, Facebook group guys like, um, death, you know, from our previous podcast and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Jose Mendura, we call him Josem back in the days, right? And a guy named Lawson Wallace. And Lawson Wallace has been dropping a few knowledge bombs on people in our group lately. And if you could ever read what he's writing, pay attention, right? Uh, Paul Smith from the X-Men days was also in Pencil Jack, giving advice to everybody and stuff, right? And I remember the one takeaway that, you know, it hit me hard when people dropped this bomb on me. They're like, man, you're all icing and no cake, 
And I was like, what the freak is that? You know, like, how am I, what, what, what is this, right? And what it was, was my colors, my painting was pretty slick, you know, um, pretty, well, decent for, for the skill level I was at and stuff, right? But I had no structure underneath it. So, you know, and what this came from was, and maybe you can relate to this a little bit, was when I was starting off drawing, I was copying, you know, like I was, my art teachers all taught me, look at the masters, copy the masters, you know, so I would do that with my masters, like whether it's Jim Lee or anybody, I would look at a cover and I was copy that cover, but I had no clue what was, what went into that cover. I had no clue how to construct that cover. I had no clue how to construct even the simplest of forms and everything and stuff. Are you getting where yeah, I'm coming from yeah, on this? Yeah, absolutely, man. Totally. Um, I, I had a similar experience as well, although it is funny, the, the various aspects of copying from observation and what it can do for you and where it actually gives you these weaknesses as an artist. And for me, what was interesting is the weakness that I had wasn't the same as your weakness, right? So okay. obviously, if you're just copying from direct observation, you're not going to be able to understand what actually goes into the structure of that illustration that you're copying. You're really just, you are kind of copying the icing on the cake, so to speak, but never knowing what's actually underneath it. And for me, that was definitely the case. But also on top of that, when I first started out, I was probably still going to high school. Um, No, wait, it was even before that. It was like in primary school when I was about 11 or 12. I was drawing a lot of Dragon Ball Z at that time, you know. Um, (laughs) Okay. And... You know, I would draw pretty much anything that inspired me. So if I saw a new TV show or a new movie or another comic book artist that I really liked, I'd try to replicate their work essentially by drawing it up (laughs) as a carbon copy, my big sketchbook, right? So I'd record Dragon Ball Z in the mornings, I'd pause the video, and then I'd sit down on my lounge room floor and just draw out these Dragon Ball Z characters. And the problem with that, and my mum did kind of point this out, she said, look, darling, they're really, really great. But the thing is, if you ever want to sell your artwork one day, you're going to have to come up with your own characters and kind of your own style because you're getting really, really good at drawing Dragon Ball Z characters. And that'll be great if you become an animator on the series or you somehow end up drawing the manga series later on in Mm. life. But unless that's the case, it's really not going to necessarily benefit you in any obvious way and the unobvious ways that it was actually benefiting me of course was dragon ball z essentially served as my basis for all the anatomy that i ended up learning how to draw and then fixing because i didn't have the best anatomy (laughs) Right, right and um yeah so that that was kind of what i got um later on though i did do a lot of copying from you know artists like david finch and mark silvestri Mm -hmm. and that was intentional because i actually did want to figure out how I was going to be able to replicate the same style in the direction of my own work. And that was very intentional because I wanted that look. And I knew that it was a very sellable looking comic books. Right. You definitely got the 90s look to you now, man. (laughs) And I'm not talking about the hairstyle or anything. I'm talking about your art. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. (laughs) You know what? But my big takeaway from your story there. Yeah. Man, your mom's cool as shit, man. Because most moms are like, oh, sweetie, you're doing so good. I just love you. And pat on the head and keep it up. You know, your mom's calling you out, man. And that's what more moms need to do. Because, <laughs> you know, because we see a lot of people posting in, in uh, 
sometimes, especially on Facebook, is their first time posting their art online, right? And they expect everybody to react the same way their mom reacts. You're doing so well, you know, like, and that's not what they get sometimes, right? Because the feedback can be a little tough, tough to take. Yeah, it's a good point. And people are harsh online. Like, if they think your work (laughs) looks off, they're not going to really be polite about it and keep your feelings in mind some of the time. And that's going to come from people who are great at giving feedback and others who are just really, really not great at all, um, who are just really there to put you down, which always sucks. And we wish that there was less of those people in the community. But every now and then, one of them will pop up. Um, The real advantage to putting your work out there, though, if you can be brave enough to do it, because you know there's a lot of there's a lot riding on our artwork. We put ourselves into it, so we're very attached to it. Which means when our artwork gets yeah, when our artwork gets put down, it feels like we're getting put down because it's ours, yep. right? And we get defensive. Yep. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm not yep. I'm not a parent yet, but I can only imagine that it's kind of like being a parent. You've you've created this thing, and if someone puts it down, if someone's to put down my child regardless of whether or not it was a legit critique, um, I would get very, very angry about that. Um, So there's a sense of, you know, real pride and ownership in the work that we create. That's why we show it to people. And then when it kind of backfires and people, you know, start to give us advice about how they think we should create our own work, it's kind of like a slap in the face. But if you get someone giving you feedback who knows how to give it, and they're giving you pointers and tips and advice that if you do apply it, you will see a noticeable jump in the level of quality of the work that you're producing, then that is an absolute advantage to you. Okay, that's that's a gift that you've got to appreciate. And it's a hard pill to swallow, totally but it'll make you better. Yep. You know, before this podcast, we were kind of like, I was writing out a little bit of a list of mistakes you know fuck ups i've done and stuff right yeah and number two on my hit list was or yeah sorry number three was getting upset at feedback and boy you know like you were saying it's your baby and stuff like that it's your ego you know it's it's hard to take that blow sometimes and stuff right and you're gonna get the spectrum of people giving feedback some people are really kind like you know clayton yourself on on the group and just i've seen you interact with people man you give them a little massage before you give them any feedback you're like you know you get into the shoulders and you start working and say well you know i really like your face work and your you know you structured it really well and geez your lines are really good and then you you dig in a little bit and you'll you'll massage them a little deeper and you'll say well you know just watch out for this right and then you go back to the nice massage and so you kind of you're really good at sandwiching you know you you do the compliments and then you throw in a little bit of uh of the harsher meat in there. And then you, you, you pat it with bread on either side and stuff like that. Whereas in all, all fly by sometimes I'd be like, nice, but work on your faces. They're messed up. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more blunt. I'm not mean, but I, I just, I don't know. Maybe I, I spend too much time online or something. So I just, I hit quick and I, I'm just like short, sweet, get it done type of thing. Right. There's no butter on your but, sandwich. But, right. There's no butter. I don't butter them up that much. Right. <laughs> but then you get the extremes on either sides where, you know, somebody will post something that really needs feedback. They really need to be told something's wrong, you know, and you'll get some posters that all they do is say, I love it. I love it. I love it. And I, honestly, it's almost like a bot at some point, you know, like, are you actually looking at the same fucking shit I'm looking at? Because it's hard to love this. And I'm, I'm not being mean about it. I mean, like, if I look through that same person's comments, they say I love it to anything. 
you know, mm. th there's no substance to to their love anymore. They just they just keep putting it out there like like they're a robot or some Russian bot or whatever, right? But on the flip of that are the haters that just like this sucks, stupid, you know, whatever. And yeah. there's nothing constructive there either, right? So you got to kind of trim off that top. 10% in the bottom 10% and look in the meat of the comments and say, okay, where's some substance here and what can I take away from it? Right? Yeah, totally. And you know, part of it is knowing where you're at as well. Like if you can get some sense or some idea as to what level of skill you actually are, and that can be tough to judge for yourself sometimes. So this can only happen once you get a lot of feedback. But once you do get there, it's yep. kind of like it's a little bit easier to see what's genuine feedback from people who are actually trying to help you and what's just, you know, going to be put down. And in that case, you know, you just want to you want to really try to ignore the negativity. Um, what I will say sure. is I think it's always very interesting how a lot of the the running themes that we have here on the podcast and in the hated how to draw comics community as a whole is we're always like yeah. hey let go of your ego you know like really take in that feedback and leave yourself open to it and it's funny because as much as we say that like i know that even after all these years i still can't help but to feel that little that little that little spike of hurt when somebody kind of tells me that i need improvement <laughs> on something and I think that's the case the for kidney punch. Yeah, I think it's the case for everybody. But you know, it's tough to give good feedback, and it's tough to take good feedback. And the thing is, is that everything that lies outside your comfort zone, everything that's hard to take, is usually going to be good for you in the long run. So you just gotta, yep. you know, get through it, apply it, and you will see the results. And you'll be very thankful at that point that you actually took it on board. You know what's worse than than harsh feedback is silence. Mm, that's all, yeah. Right? You know, you post something up and you're like, "Hey, this is what I've been working on for the last ten hours." Blah blah, blah and boom, nothing. Yeah. Nobody says Jack, and it just disappears into the <laughs> the desert of the internet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's that's a worse feeling is when nobody gives a piss about it. Right? That is brutal. That's that's the worst yeah. part. That's the worst response. So I'd rather get. a couple constructive comments or whatever than mm. rather just like, you know, just cr crickets chirping and stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. Um, all right. Well, let me uh, let me talk about something that um held me back. Uh, yeah, let's hear something it. else that held me back in the day. Um, so one thing, because I've got a little list of my own here, Ed, as well. So, oh, you know, I did, I prepared. We're I prepared. We're all prepared today. What's happening? <laughs> I and don't you know. know what? Yeah. And where's Rick? Where's Rick in his list? What's happening here? Is he sleeping? Well, no, well, no. You know, um, we, <laughs> we're, uh... <laughs> we're secretly recording this without him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, he, he knows yeah. we're <laughs> like, doing this. You, you um, yeah. Yeah, we are. Um, I mean, Let's we talked. He's sleeping. Yeah, I mean, well, we talked about it at the end of the last episode, actually. How um, we were gonna have it from now on that there was usually, if we could help it, only going to be two of us on a podcast episode at a time to make it easier for people to understand what we're going on about, who's talking, that kind of thing. Because I don't know about you, Ed, but have you ever heard those podcasts where it's like five people on the call? And there's just no direction to the conversation. The theme exactly. is all over the place. And you just, you can't make out who's talking, if you can make out anything at all, because people are talking over each other. So, you know, this is our way of improving the podcast. We'll see how it goes. 
It may backfire. Right. People might start you know, we're missing ta- Rick and... <laughs> oh, we miss you, Rick. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. We're talking about getting feedback mm. and taking feedback and working with it in art. We got to do the same thing in all aspects, right? And in part of that is the podcast and part of the feedback that not only have we seen in ourselves of, you know, giving it to each other, but from the listeners as well is like, yeah, watch, watch the stepping over each other in the podcast. Watch the, when we get too many voices, geez, it's hard to discern what's going on and stuff, right? So yeah. right now it's just me and Clayton beating up on each other a little bit here and <laughs> stuff. And so far, so good, right? Yeah, totally. It's been awesome. Okay, let's hear, let's hear your right. list, man. What you got next? Okay, so not focusing in on and mastering a single skill set, okay? So this is the kind of jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none mentality. And yep. the reason that I bring it up is because there's some people out there who don't know what they want to do at all, right? They leave school, they need to figure out what kind of uni- university course they want to enroll in, and they just don't know what to do, right? Um, yep. On the other side of that, and this was where I fell, is that you want to do so many different things at once, right? So I wanted to be great at 3D modeling, digital sculpting. I wanted to be an awesome comic book artist, an awesome concept artist. I wanted to make video games. I wanted to make comic books. And, of course, you could do all of that maybe and just pull it off, but you'd only just pull it off and probably not to a very high standard of quality, right? Because while your attention is split, it's very difficult to... Put the amount of focus in that you would need to put in in order to become a true master at any one of those things. And so what I had to ask myself when I realized that it was just getting too much for me, and I was going through a lot of my teens, a lot of my early 20s like this, and I was very, very torn between what I wanted to do because I seriously had a lot of love for all of these different crafts. But Mm -hmm. I had to ask myself, and comic books ended up the winner because... For me, comic books were a very powerful art form, okay? Because if you learned how to conquer them, you would be able to draw almost anything that you could imagine because it really is the art of dynamic drawing. In other words, you don't need a reference. I mean, references help, but if, if worse comes to worse and you don't have one, you can construct an entire scene purely from your imagination, knowing sure. what yeah. all the fundamentals are that need to go into it in order to make it structurally sound. And... So I knew that if I could master this, it would make me a much better artist. And, you know, later on down the line, if I did want to get into digital sculptor, you know, sculpting characters, wanted to make action figures and statues and that kind of thing, well, I would have the base knowledge there in anatomy, in proportions, and all of those other things that make a character work ready to go. And also the other... Well, hold on. I want to jump in on this just for a second here and say I kind of hate you. Why? Because Why do you hate no. me? <laughs> what well, did I do, man? About, oh, geez. I was in my teens and 20s, and I wasn't quite sure where I was going. Well, no shit, Sherlock. You're in your teens and 20s. Every teen and 20 is like that. I was the same way when I'm 40, man, and still buying up ZBrush and buying every program, trying to figure out which direction I'm going to go in life at 40 years old. So my sympathy for you is a little low. I can understand it when you when you put it that way. And actually, you know, that's the case for a lot of people because, right, you know, in, in my classrooms and stuff, when we get a new batch of students, there usually is a couple older students there that are, you know, in their 30s. And, you know, you talk to them, they say, hey, man, like, what do you like doing? What are your interests? Why are you here? And it's kind of like, yeah, I've been, like, confused throughout my entire 20s, and now I've figured I should probably actually 
put all of my attention into one thing that I really want to get good at and pursue, yeah. you know, that dream. Because yeah. I think that the loss of time can really get to some people. And I was very lucky that I experienced that early on. You know, I had this very strange conscious perspective of how much time I had and all the things that I wanted to accomplish within that time, right? And I think that it takes some people, maybe their 20s, their 30s, maybe in their 40s, some cases they never really realize exactly what they want to do. And that, to me, is the saddest thing in the world because you can't get that time back. It's It gets harder and harder with every passing decade. It's not to say that it's not yep. achievable. I mean, you look at people like um, you know, Morgan Freeman, right? He's an actor, but he didn't start acting until very later in his age. Um, you look at Stan Lee, again, didn't really start Marvel until later on in life. And so yeah. it's it's one of those things where you've got to look at your strengths and where you're at in terms of your mentality and what you can physically even do as well, and then go from there. Do what you can from that point onward. Like It's funny, yeah. I always tell people, later on in life, when I'm like in my 60s, I actually want to create <laughs> movies because... I know that at that point I'm going to have like these arthritic hands that are deformed because I've been holding a pencil for like the last 40 years, right? Yep. So, so the only thing I'm going to be able to handle is a camera because my, you know, my it's hands will already be in that shape already, so it'll be good. And by the time you're 60 or something, it'll be some digital thing like some minority report screen that you just slide things across to or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. I guess I just want to shout out to the the listeners and say, you know. I, you know, we've got all demographics listening to this, um, and I don't think it's it's an age thing for these mess ups. You know, whether it's whether it's uh, ignoring fundamentals, whether it's getting hooked on copying, whether it's not finding your direction. I think we could look at somebody in their teens, in their 60s, in their 40s, or anywhere all over the board, and these mistakes are something that me and you have experienced, and I bet you everybody can relate you know maybe not for every point of them but that it, it doesn't matter what age they are they're like nodding their heads and they're thinking yep yeah i've mm -hmm. been there you know and i was there last year or i was i'm there right now or whatever and it could be a 16 year old or a 60 year old it doesn't really matter we we can all get tripped up by these things right yeah absolutely man um and as far as cool. you know the focusing on one single thing goes um mm -hmm. you know in order to be able to kind of focus in on and actually really get good at that one thing you've kind of got to make that hard choice at some point you know even if it's just a matter of writing down the three things that you want to do most and then kind yep. of you know nailing it from there because um, the reality of it is there's so many different skill sets that you can develop out there and mm -hmm. the catch is that it takes a very long time to truly master them. So that's why there's that, that's why I'm being insistent on actually choosing one of them so that you can take it all the way through. And I would say the smart decision would be to choose the one that actually allows you still to have some kind of level of skill in all those other areas. Like I mentioned comic book art. Well, if I'm a, mm -hmm. if I can do comic book art, I can definitely do character concept art. I'm kind of doing that yep. anyway when it comes to designing my own comic book characters. It's just that, you know, comic books are a, a little bit of a different art form. So and, and maybe even storyboarding or something like that, right? Exactly. So you use comic book art as your base and then you can you can see how it can branch into other areas and stuff, right? 100%. If I went into 3D I modeling gotcha. instead, 
I probably wouldn't be able to do comic books. I probably would be able to do concept art just, but not as effectively as if I had have learned comic books. So, you know, that's just kind of a way to go about your process in regards to actually choosing the one that's going to be the most beneficial for you to pursue. But, you know, you know, like uh, how I met you was through your proportions course and stuff. I don't, I don't yeah. know if you remember like the first time I reached out to you and stuff like that. But when you're talking about like, uh, you know, 3D sculpting and stuff like that, you know, I'm, uh, like I said, I kind of stumbled into ZBrush and have been trying to figure that out. I think I would, I would take your proportions course because what you can actually do in programs like ZBrush and Maya and stuff is take a 2D image, bring it into the course or bring it into the program and stuff. And then you kind of sculpt with that on a plane. So you can... Yep. You know, especially like, let's say I want to sculpt uh, Wonder Woman or something. I could take like a J. Scott Campbell image or whatever, bring it in there and start sculpting using that 2D on, on a one plane, on the one 2D plane and then sculpt, sculpt around that. So I bet you, you know, even your course brings in so much of that fundamentals and stuff like that, that, geez, you know, it, 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 you can spread it over different uh I don't want to say genres, but, you know, the d different mm. applications and stuff, right? Yeah, totally, man. Because at, at the end of the day, what we have to remember is all of these fundamentals that we learn, you know, perspective, um, proportions, anatomy, foreshortening, form, composition, all that stuff, that is really just our translation of what we're able to see through our eyes. That's how we kind of understand yep. how we see things. And then with that yep. understanding, that allows us to construct images reconstruct images rather or visual experiences using those structures and so yep. it that's why it's so applicable to so many different areas because as i was saying you know anatomy in comic book art is anatomy in 3d modeling is anatomy in concept art etc etc it's not like it changes to a completely different thing which is really a, a good news for us because i mean it's hard to mm -hmm. learn one as it is but at least you know a lot of these principles actually funnel down into different areas uh once you've you've learned them so yeah have a think about it's that. funny I mean, one it's my, important. so i was going to say one of my buddies you were just talking about anatomy and me and him were talking about my anatomy course and then he just got contracted to do a textbook like a medical textbook it's like whoa cool Wait, you know what? like the, the the illustrations in in a medical textbook for anatomy and stuff right that's really I was like, cool Hot damn you know that's something i could do yeah right on you know it, it you, you never know which direction some of these skills will take you and so really be be open to it all right absolutely 100 percent, man so well why don't cool. you tell us your next one Ed? okay next one looking on my little list here is tunnel vision on projects and oh, let's yeah. see if i could explain this it makes sense because this is something that i think is not just in art it happens a lot a lot a lot a lot in art but it happens you know i see it in my daughter in in her homework and stuff like that right it happens in the offices and workplaces and stuff right what happens is you get an assignment right and now this assignment could be from a client it could be from your teacher it could be just even something in your head you know you're like okay well i'm gonna draw i don't know uh, a Christmas Spider-Man, right? Yeah. Okay. So cool. whatever it is, the client says, I want you to draw Spider-Man Christmas time, right? Your teacher says, I want you to design a Christmas thing, whatever it is, right? You know? Mm -hmm. And so what happens though, is you start working, right? And you start drawing and you start either doodling and, and then you start working on the details, right? 
And as you start working, you start really getting into something, right? And you're like, hot damn, look at this finger I'm drawing, right? And we, you know, I'm, I'm using a finger. It could be a foot. It could be the face. It could be the building in the background. It could be anything, right? Totally. It could be something. And you're just like, this, this freaking building is badass. I'm mm. going to. I'm going to blow this out. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to really work this building. I'm going to really work this foot. Look at how cool this freaking foot is. Right. And you start working, working, working it, working it. Yeah. And you, you get so worked into whatever that cool ass thing you're working on is right. That you've left, you've left the topic behind, you know, you've, you've morphed it into a building with <laughs> Spider-Man and maybe a Christmas tree way down in the background or something like that. Whereas in the piece was supposed to be Spider-Man at Christmas time. Mm. Right. And instead it's a piece about a building that looks badass and just so happens to have a little itsy bitsy Spider-Man and tree in the background or something. Do you, do you get what I mean? Yeah. Like um, you get so caught up in something that you think is cool, but you've mm. left the assignment behind. And I've, I, I do this quite often. Like I've, and I've seen people do it. It's um, whether it's like in a work project or wherever, where you, you get caught up in what you think is badass, what you think is cool, but you've left the objective behind. Mm. Does, it, does that sound familiar at all? Yeah. So it kind of becomes, have dumb, you ever it? seen anything like that? Um, yeah. yeah. And so what I always tell people to do when, and this is something, a trick that I've done is like, I put a little, post-it note right in front of me with just one word or two words right christmas spider-man and every time i'm working you know and i or i start doing something i look down and say does this whatever i'm working on does this work towards my objective so it's it, you know it's notorious seeing somebody doing a powerpoint presentation or something like that right and they start getting sidetracked and they're putting cool animations and they're throwing everything into it or whatever but it totally doesn't serve the purpose, right? Yeah. So they're working on a storyboard or they're working on an illustration and they're working on all this stuff, but doesn't, does it serve the purpose, right? Mm -hmm. So that was a weakness that I had for a long time was working on something and it just didn't serve the objective. Yeah, man. I, I think a, another great way of putting that as well is this is a this is a symptom of what happens when you get too focused in on the micro aspects of the image and forget yep. about the macro right and yep. this happens a lot with people who kind of go in and start taking the approach to drawing where they'll start out with the head and then they'll work their way onto the arm and then they'll work their way onto the leg and then they'll start plotting things in the background when really the the way that they should approach it is to get a draft out of the entire image first so that they do have a solid idea as to what the direction of the theme is going to be, so that they can plot out the composition and change it up if they need to without having put a huge investment of time into it. Because, I mean, that's one of the big mistakes as so many of us have made, you know, talking about big mistakes, is actually going in there, putting hours and hours and hours into this illustration and not realizing that one of the most fundamental aspects, such as the composition or the proportions, are completely out of whack. Because yep. at that point, yep. I mean, that's hours down the drain and it's just too late to really change anything because they're very dramatic foundational changes that you'd have to make. But, yep. yeah, man, focusing on the how micro times, versus the macro. Yeah, how many times have we seen, like, this really decent picture mm. and, and 
the cropping was bad. You know, all of a sudden, they, and the hand, it, cut, it cuts them at the elbow or something like that. You're like, <laughs> or even mid forearm or something. And, you know, the punch is like, well, where's the hand? Oh, I ran out of room. Well, <laughs> yeah, because you were so focused on that cool looking face or whatever it was. But like, geez, the cropping's really bad on it. Yeah. Or another manifestation is when I see a lot of, uh, of people posting up uh, pictures, they'll be like, hey, I drew up this picture of uh, Captain Marvel or whatever rogue or whatever character and stuff right looks badass and i'm like well yeah but what the hell are they doing Mm. well i kind of thought they were going to be sitting there but then i had them flying and then okay so your objective was kind of rogue but you you didn't really you know what was rogue doing or Mm. what was captain marvel doing you know you've got a figure that's not in any type of pose that makes any sense for any type of activity Right. Well, they're running. Okay. Okay. So you've got, you know, you've got Batman running, but they're not running. They're, they're floating and their, their legs are not in a running position. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. they lost sight. They were just like, well, look how badass his cape is. <laughs> yeah, man, you got a McFarlane cape. Good for you. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah. I love McFarlane's capes, right? It's, it's really badass, but Batman is just, Batman can't fly. You know, and you've got them hovering somewhere with their legs that don't make any sense in any grounded form or anything, you know? Mm. So they kind of, they just got so caught up in in, in these small little details and, and didn't lay it out. You know, didn't really look at what am I trying to accomplish here with this piece, mm. right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, yeah, I, I, I did that all the time and I, I still do. So, like I said, I write a little post-it to keep, keep me on track and say, Batman running through Gotham. That's my objective. That's what I want to do. You know, totally, like and to keep me on track, right? That's a great yeah, cool. idea. You got another well. one for me? Um, yeah. Let's see here. Uh, well, I was actually going to ask you, Ed. Um, so we talked mm. about you know some of the things that challenged us when we were coming up in the game when we were initially learning. What is challenging yep. you right now? Have you got any specific things that you're <laughs> kind of focusing on that you just you it's it it's not really that easy for you to get past it right now. Man, it's it's rotational because it's like mm. you, I, I feel like I'm kind of chasing my tail all the time. Like, sorry, you know, like okay, it'll be like this month. I'll be like, man, my faces suck. I can't show anything. So for the next four weeks, I hunker down and I'm like face studies, face studies, face studies, and then creation. You know, turnarounds, doing all these types of things. And I'm like, okay, I got, I finally got faces now. Mm. What the hell? I can't draw a hand. Yeah. <laughs> and then he'll be like how did i forget hands i was just i was good at, like a year ago i think right yeah and so then i come back to hands and and so it's always like every month it seems like um i work on something and then it's not that i lose it or i lose the previous thing it's just like i guess what happens is like I, I, you kind of go from like okay i'm level one faces level one hands level one anatomy level one perspective and stuff and once i've kind of got level ones I like I'm I'm thinking of it almost like a game kind of thing, mm. right? Like I'm okay, I think I'm level one. Well now I gotta start level two. But yeah. now that I've got level two faces down, well I look at my hands and I'm like, oh they suck, they're level one. So I gotta bring them all up to the same level type of thing. And so that's how I kind of approach it is like there's always something weak on me because there's always something gonna be lagging with whatever is strong. Do you know what I mean? You're always gonna have strong points and weak mm. points and stuff. And so I feel like there's always something to bring up. So right now, for me, 
it's backgrounds and perspective. That's something I really want to tackle. That's something I've got on my plate that's staring at me, smacking me in the face and saying, you're weak. And so like, I really got to take it on. (laughs) What about you? Is there anything, (laughs) anything jumping for you? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll have a think about it for a moment, but I, I just got to say before we get into it, I mean, dude, oh, okay. your perspective is pretty killer. I mean, I got to say, um, that Spider-Man pick you did with Venom, and was yeah, it... Yeah, um, one? Yeah, was it with Gwen? Yeah, yeah, yeah Spider-Gwen. Spider yeah. Man, that that's an insanely great example of your skill level when it comes to perspective. I mean, you've got an entire cityscape in the background there. I'm going to tell you, you're totally wrong because the reason you're wrong is, and I'll say why, because I did that a year ago. Uh, I made that piece a year ago. So that was my skill level a year ago, but it should be better now. Do you get what I'm saying? Like my other things, my figure work is leveled up. My face is leveled up. My rendering is leveled up. And so now I'm looking at a three point and saying, geez, that was good because that was when I was working on my perspective at the time. Yeah, that was strong. But now I should be stronger. Do you Mm. know what I mean? I can do better. I can look at it and I can do better. But a side note, just a quick distraction for anybody listening right now, go see Spider-Verse, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse or whatever it is. It's badass. Like it's one of my favorite movies of the year. So if you have you seen it yet? Uh, No, I haven't, but I've heard a lot of good things about it. Okay, I don't even want to continue with this podcast. You got to go watch that thing. And it's like visually... As an artist, I walked away from that. I was like, I need to draw now. Yeah, I need awesome. to draw Miles Morales right now. This is driving me nuts. And like, we're talking about perspective and everything. I want to draw cityscapes. Like that movie made me want to draw Miles in a city and just blowing it out. Like it was beautiful. It just it was jaw dropping as an artist to watch that thing. Man, that's amazing. It does look spectacular. And the style is not something that I've really seen before, which is also interesting. Like, they've really managed to capture the nice blend between 3D and 2D animation that I think works yep. really, really well. And it's kind yep. of congruent with itself in a way, which is mm-hmm. not something you see a lot of when you're looking at, you know, two-dimensional animations that were done using 3D models. Um, but, yeah, I'm definitely going to see it, man. It's on my list, I promise. Just, it's inspiring, man. <laughs> inspiring. So what do you think you need to work on right now, um, do you think? So as far as what I need to work on, it's similar to you, actually, Ed. So um, I'm not. I'm so, I'm so in the dark about it, to be honest, because I haven't been drawing for a, a while now, and I really wanted to get some, uh, some of my pencil to my paper today, but, um, you know, mm. other things ended up distracting me. Um, yep. But... So because I haven't drawn in a while, everything is kind of like, man, maybe I can draw heads because I've been drawing heads for, you know, so many heads this year. But then the hands and stuff is always a struggle for me because, uh, and that's every time I set out to do an illustration of a character, it'll be the hands that I've got to really pay attention to. And I think that's what it is mainly. It's not that you can't draw them. It's just that you have to pay attention more attention to them and you make a few more mistakes than you usually would on the areas that you are comfortable and confident with and so um i think that the only way around that to be honest is in the beginning you want to focus on each of the individual elements on their own so you want to get really good at drawing heads spend a week just on heads you want to get really good at hands spend a week just on hands then bodies then legs then feet and so on and so forth because you need to fully understand each one of them individually on a 
deep level before you can start combining them and drawing them together. Because then mm-hmm. comes, you know, linking them through the gesture of the body as it moves and poses itself. And as you were just talking about in terms of the, the theme getting diluted and what's actually happening in the scene, that's other elements that come yep. into play that most of us don't ever think about. Because really what we should understand on a fundamental level is that every piece of art we create, we're trying to tell a story. So if that story gets lost, there's not really any point in creating the artwork in the first place because, I mean, there's no substance to it. There's no depth. So as far as, um, you know, actually, man, where was I going with this now? I just went down a rabbit hole. Your weak point. (laughs) Yeah, my weak point. Hold on. Keynote, like what I was talking about, right? Okay. So let me hear your current weak point that you think you're really lacking on. Yeah, current weak point that I'm lacking on. Um, uh, Yeah, so... Actually, what the the weak point that I'm lacking on is is exactly what you said, which is you know just been freaked out by everything at the moment. Um, and what I was saying, the way to get around that is to later on, once you've learned everything else, is where I was going with it. Is that I think you want to try to draw full characters for a while. Okay, so you actually want to be every time you set out to draw an illustration, you want to be drawing the head, the body, the hands, and the legs all at once, and you get to yeah. reiterate on that stuff by doing full characters, or at least even a character bust, because at least then you can kind of do the chest and the arms and the and the hands still, and trying to do them in different poses, getting that moving that moving happening, and yep. what ends up being the result of that is you're able to keep those plates spinning all at once rather than letting a couple of them drop while you focus in on one area in particular. Now, uh, for me at the moment, you know, definitely it's going to be hands and, and feet and all that other stuff because what happens to me when I haven't been drawing in a while is I find that I lose a lot of my symmetry for some reason. Okay, so you know how, you know how you flip the canvas back and forth? Well, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, you'll be drawing a face. You'll think it looks awesome. You'll flip the canvas, and all of a sudden, it's like, you know, yep. half their face is collapsed or something. Um, you know, yep. one eye is bigger than the other, etc. Well, you know, that tends to become worse and worse if I take a, a, an elongated break away from drawing for a while, because it seems that the more I draw, the more my symmetry improves. In all honesty, so I know that that's going to be something that I need to really address when I jump back into it. And, you know, over my time off, my break, I am going to buy a sketchbook, go on my my vacation. It's not really a vacation. It's just seeing family. But I'm taking the sketchbook, and I'm going to be drawing in that every single day and making sure that when I come back, I've got got my skill set nice and seasoned. Because what you said really reminded me of the analogy that I always love to use for drawing, which is, it's like going to the gym. It's drawing gym, literally, you know, one day you might focus on the arms. One day you might focus on the chest. Another day you might focus on the legs. Well, drawing's exactly the same. You know, you really don't want to miss the leg day or the, or the arm day. You want to try to, in order to have a good physique when you're going to the gym and in order to have a good solid structure for your drawings you've got to make sure that you're maintaining all of them at the same time because that's just the nature of drawing at the end of the day with so many things that go into it with so many fundamentals and principles each one needs to be revisited on a regular basis definitely you know it's being well-rounded right whether it's a well-rounded uh skill set in in any area drawing 
in the gym, whatever. You know, I, I really want to talk about going to the gym and all those things, but I, I fear some of the podcast listeners are like, what am I listening to here? Right. <laughs> but it, you know, it is, it is the same kind of thing. I like that example that you brought up yeah. and something else you brought up, um, you know, about bring, getting the sketchbook and taking it on your Christmas, uh, Christmas downtime and stuff is one of my weaknesses. And one of my mistakes that I've made, uh, I've made it in the past and I continue to make it to this day is not drawing enough mm. right this is something Absolutely. that uh you know when i look at um there's a couple guys in the group uh that were doing like 365 day challenges i think it was puck lensing or something and, awesome. and maybe uh jesse switters i think i'm trying to remember which guys were doing it and they were doing like let's say uh a headshot a day or something like that right nice um you know drawing a head a day in and of itself is whatever it's just it's nothing but they get 365 done. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and they drew amazing. every single day and good for them, you know? And, um, I know what it's like to take time off of drawing. Unfortunately, I took like at one point, 10, 15 years off of drawing at wow. one point. Right. And it, it sucks, you know, and your skills atrophy, it's the same as not going to the gym for 10 or 15 years, your body turns into something not so good. Right. Yeah. And what happens when you try to get back into it? You get the shakes. You know, if you, I took 15 years off the gym as well. Um, and when you get back into the gym, you start shaking. The the neural pathways aren't there. The mind-muscle connection isn't there. And it's the same thing for drawing. You try to draw a circle, it turns into this weird slanted oval, right? You know, mm. uh, you try to draw a face and you get eyes misaligned. Your symmetry's off and this stuff, right? And so you got to train those neural pathways, right? Um, mm. And so I really, to me, you know, uh, people laugh at uh, me talking about my anatomy course and stuff, right? And it's, it's, it's because I, I really see a connection between my time in the gym and my time drawing is like they're, they're, the patterns are so similar, you know, um, just the, the dedication that it takes to it, the daily grind of it and stuff like that. It's just, mm. it's really similar to me. So if I don't draw, you know, for a week, yeah. I can see it in my work. If I don't train for a week, I can see it in the gym. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. um, yes, as mentally, it's good to get a, a bit of a break. You know, you, you, you go to the, you go on vacation, you sit on a beach. Sometimes you just need to say, oh, I need this, right? I need mm -hmm. this mentally. Um, just, to relax and stuff like that, but you got to earn that break, right? <laughs> and that, that means you got to put the grind in and stuff. And so for me, um, I need to draw more. I, I know I do, man. I, 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 that's my, one of my mistakes I keep making. So I, yeah. I think I'm going to take a, a hint from those guys in the group and put myself a daily challenge. I don't know what it is exactly yet. Um, whether it's, I think gesture is maybe my weak point. I was working on some, uh, a line of action and uh, some gesture work today. I was really liking it, getting some mm. loose flow into my drawings. And so maybe that's something that can be a, uh, whether I just assign it, for example, next 30 days is a gesture challenge for me or something like that. I don't know. What do you think? Can you relate a little bit? Yeah, absolutely, man. In fact, I would think uh, that one thing I would love to do just to build on that idea is draw, like do an entire page of hands, right? 
like every, yep. like every day for a week or something like that, which is what I used yep. to do. You know, I'd sit in front of the TV while an ad was on or something, and I just have my sketch th- book there. I was like an obsessed maniac, man, back when I was first learning, and I would just mm-hmm. scribble down everything that I found difficult to do. I, that would just make me draw it all the more. So it kind of had to watch out if it was going to challenge me at all because I'd conquer it like hardcore. Cool. And um, and I really need to do more of that. I think that that mentality is something that has become weakened as I've gotten older and a little bit more relaxed, but it's not something that I want to lose. Like I definitely do not want that to relax. I want my I want to be on point with that stuff and I want to be getting better and better. And I think that the best way to go about it is to dive straight in the direction that you're yep. most weakest in, you know. And for me right now, that's definitely hands. Um, back in the day, it used to be legs, right? Legs used to really kill me big time and feet. And so what I would do is because I found the, the upper half of the body pretty easy to get a hold of, I would essentially mm-hmm. start with the head, draw out the body, but then I'd go straight to the legs before I tackled the arms. Um, just because yeah. you know you, you brought up gesture just before, um, I mm-hmm. felt like the gesture of the body generally kind of flows from the head um, through to the legs. At least that's kind of what I found. You know, whatever. Yeah. A bit just because they're kind of the longest limbs of the body, right? To an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, man, that's definitely something that I'm going that I'm going to do, and I want to do it more. We should challenge ourselves to do that, Ed. You know, being I think the. So. I think- you know, being yeah, the leaders of our group, we need to set an example. <laughs> um, hey, I got a question for days a week. You think you draw? Sorry. Seven days a week. Out of seven days, how many days of those are you drawing? Uh, right now, man, it's it hasn't been any for like you know. Two Let's months, be honest. Two months. Right now, like in, if I look at the last two weeks, how many days out of those weeks did you draw? Yeah, literally none. None. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's so I'm at about four. For me, it's about four day, four to five days a week. Maybe, yeah, I'm going to be honest and say four days a week I'm drawing something. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we need to improve on that, man. We need we to do. get better. And when you do sit down and draw, how long is a usual session for you, do you think? Uh, so for me, a usual session is, is pretty long, right? Because when I'm in the zone, man, I get in the zone. So it's usually me like too. it can be 16 to 18 hours straight. I, I lose track wow. of time. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy long, brother. Yeah, dude. Man. I mean, yeah, okay. It's it, th- so I've been thinking about the best way that I work recently, and initially I was going to try to split it up. So you know, I've been doing a lot of like scripting for the superheroines course. That's why I haven't drawn in like two months. Yeah. Um. But and yep. initially I was going to be like, well, I'll script for the first half of the day, and then the second half of the day I'll draw. And I realized that for me, that's not going to work because I need to be really in the zone with whatever I'm doing. So I've decided, hey, scripting one day, the next day, just drawing. Like that's all I'm focused on is drawing. Okay. And that's yep. kind of how I'm going to structure it. You know, going into the new year, we come up with these New Year's resolutions, right? And I'm going to really try to stick to that because, yep. I mean, I need to draw because that can't atrophy. I mean, that's what I'm all about, right? <laughs> There's no point yep. in me running a website called How to Draw Comics if I never actually do that. Exactly. Exactly. We've talked about that before, right? You know, I think for me, one of the, I love working digitally, but one of the drawbacks is like, okay, got to have the computer on, um, turn on Clip Studio Paint, you know, get things rolling, get myself set up. And it seems like sometimes a bit more of an idea or ordeal than, than I really, than it really needs to be or should be to get drawing casually. Like I should just be sitting here watching 
Vikings or some show and just saying, wow, that's badass. Okay, hold on. Let me sketch while I'm, while I'm sitting here drawing it. And so I think I need to keep a little sketchbook with me or just mm. something off to the side of my desk or whatever that um, I can pick up more casually because, you know, I'm the same way. I don't, you know, I was going to say I draw like for big sessions, but man, I, no, I'm not doing the 10 to 16 hours. Usually my sessions are minimum three to four hours and then they can kind of stretch to eight or whatever and stuff right totally um i get hungry i, I get too hungry oh, yeah. um <laughs> but i don't i don't necessarily think that needs to be like i think yeah. i can just bang out 20 minutes here 30 minutes there just like waiting to pick up my daughter i can i should be able to just sit there and and draw something a little bit more casually and stuff right so yeah i gotta see if i can make that part of my day or make it so that it's on hand. Do you know what I mean? That I can just reach over and grab it or something, right? Well, let's do it, man. I mean, the the listeners of the podcast can hold us accountable now. <laughs> here oh, we go. I don't think I want that. I'm scared. It's, it's too know? late now, These man. Guys are going to start You've it here first, head, folks. <laughs> um, well, I'm scared, man. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's a good thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess. The, the other thing I wanted to add to this, though, is be, mm. is that, and this was a piece of advice that I first got from, uh, I believe his name was Julio Nah, and he was a very excellent illustrator when it came to um, sketch cards. I believe they're called. Amazing artist, right? He's one of the, he's one of the yep. first people whose work I really admired, who I reached out okay. to ask for advice. And what he said to me was, "Hey, you know what, man? Like sometimes having a break away from your art is not a bad thing." Okay, sometimes you need it. And yep. what I found is something very strange and kind of backward intuitive to an extent, which is sometimes when I'm drawing every day, nonstop, I kind of get a little bit too caught up in it. Like I start to, I don't know, maybe overanalyze things a little bit. Um, and it, it gets me in this kind of weird trance-like state, which is kind of a good thing sometimes but it can be bad as mm -hmm. well in the in the wrong context mm -hmm. so i found yep. that sometimes if i take a week away from drawing or like a few days not two months like i have done because it's probably going to be <laughs> de at a detriment in a big way but say you take a week off of drawing yeah. sometimes i've found in those instances that i come back with a bang man i come back stronger than ever maybe because um it's had some time to sink into my brain and kind of you know work out what I've been doing. Whereas I think when you're there actively practicing it, your brain's yeah. a little bit too much in the process and it doesn't have time to reflect on what all of that experience means and how to categorize and store it away. And, you know, I'm not a, could be, I'm not a brain expert or anything, but I found that, you know, when I come back refreshed, um, the way in which I execute my process is strangely different. It's kind of, it's kind of, um, it's cleaner and more refreshed in a weird way. Whereas if I'm in the zone get for, for too long of a period of time, it can kind of, I don't know. It's like, I don't even, I don't notice the, uh, the nuances anymore. It becomes, it's kind of like driving for a long period of time. Um, say you're mm -hmm. driving from, you know, <laughs> here in Australia from like Melbourne to Sydney or something, right? It takes yep. like eight hours. It's an eight hour drive. And, you know, you might start out on that drive, you're, you're aware, you're completely aware of the traffic and, you know, you're, you're following the road rules, you're looking at the speed limit, etc. But then after a while, after you've been driving for that period of time, you kind of get tired, you don't notice things as much, and you get fatigued. And I think that's the best way to put it, is you get artistically, creatively fatigued after a while without that break in between. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of a difference between 
uh, there's different types of fatigue, right? Mm. And you, you, I think you hit it right when you said creatively fatigued. I think drawing, I can grind it out for that five, 10 hours, whatever it is, and mm. really get a lot done and get it done well. And I find actually, if I'm drawing, my, my skill keeps doing, like I get quite good. You know, I'm, I'm working on this perspective piece and I'm like, bang, bang, bang. I'm getting the details down. I'm getting the patterns down. Everything's rolling and stuff like that. But I'm not creating anything new. I'm not coming up with ideas. I am grinding. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And grinding is good. You know, grinding, you get the job done and stuff, right? You can yeah. grind through that, that, the details of that piece. You draw every blade of that grass, whatever it is, and it needs to get done, right? Yep. Yep. But to get creative, I think you need to take a breather, go mm. watch Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, you know, <laughs> get yeah. it inspired, whatever it is, and, and let the brain kind of relax and soak up and expand and, and say, okay, yeah, now's the time to, you know, then approach it fresh again, right? So mm. I think there's a difference between the grind, the work, getting it done day to day, and then stepping back and saying, oh, okay, I need mm. some ideas here and stuff. And, and it takes different energy levels to approach either of those aspects, right? Oh, yeah, totally, man. That's a really good n nuanced point that you made as well, because I, I I was kind of like throwing everything into the one bag there, but it's good that you mm -hmm. kind of made the distinction. Um, I heard uh, Feng Zhu say a very similar thing once, and you guys can check him out on YouTube. He's an amazing uh, entertainment uh, designer, does a lot of concept art for interiors and characters in various movies and whatnot. I believe he worked on the Avatar movie, actually. Anyway, really cool dude. Oh, cool. And what he says is yeah. he tries to get, when he's designing a bunch of characters, and he might be you know, throwing out like 200 thumbnails in a day. And what they are is very quick character drafts, for example. Um, he'll try to get all of that done or as much of it as he can in the first half of the day. Because by the time the second half of the day comes around, he is creatively fatigued. But yeah. what doesn't take a lot of thinking is, you know, the the actual polishing up of it. Right, so if the right, basic right, right. idea is there, and the and the draft is down, then the direction like of everything else is already laid out. You can get those line weights placed in. You can render it. You that's can great. put the details into it because that's the fun part. And everybody who does comic book art kind of knows that that's the part where you're able to, you know, you are able to put on a movie or you're able to listen to some music and you're able to just chill out and keep chipping away at it until it's done. Right. Yeah. Right grind deep into it cool hey listen we're coming up on almost an hour here and i'm, I'm kind of liking that you know in our podcast we've been kind of you know keeping close to that hour mark so i'm going to ask you for your last one give me the last one that you think was a mistake that you've made that or something you've seen others make and stuff right mm -hmm. whether it's in our group or whatever that yeah okay that's that's something that i make or, I, or i've seen that's that's pretty common yeah, I think for me it's yeah, I do, I do. I think it's just um, okay. so for me it's it's being blind to the to the areas for improvement for me, right? So when I was first starting out, I had this very like um, everything that I knew about my artwork was feedback that I got from other people around me, and a lot of that was from friends and from family, and a lot of it was positive. You know, I, I know we talked about my mum before. She kind of called me out on a few things, but for the yeah. most part, she was like, you know, you're talented. You definitely have a future ahead of you. You know, my teachers were the same, and my classmates were always blown away by it, but I didn't really have 
a huge scope for exactly where I was at in reality. And it's because I didn't have any mentors, of course. Like, I didn't know. Dude, when I was in, like, high school and stuff, they, the worst part is is when you have no one who's really at the same level as you because then it seems like you're great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or better. Yep. It seems like you're great. And you kind of are within that context. Like if it was just you on an island of artists, and and you were the you were yeah. at the top, sure, that's cool. But you know, there's a huge world out there full of these these masterful artists. And without actually yeah. having one of them by your side, it can be really tough to understand where you're at without anybody there to kind of bring you back down to earth and say, hey, yeah, you're good, but. You know, actually, this needs to be improved and that needs to be improved. And I'm not just talking about feedback from anywhere, right? You know, we talked about the community before, but I'm talking about if you can yep. find, like, a Jim Lee or a Todd McFarlane and befriend them and show them your work, that can be one of the most enlightening experiences you'll ever have. And, I mean, interning at a at a studio, even if it's just a small one, can really give you that. Um, I know that back in the day, uh, Mark Silvestri would bring on interns into um, Top Cow, and you know he trained them up, man. And I got to say, if if I had have had that opportunity, that would have been incredible. Um, oh, but, for sure. But yeah, I think yeah. you know it can be without having those out that outside input, it can be very hard to tell where you're at and to see your artwork for what it really is. Because you'll only ever see it through your lens, right? And through your perspective. Yeah, I get and, totally um, get that, man. I, yeah. I've always said, I never want to be the biggest guy in my gym. Mm, totally, man. You have to have I something mean, to like, aspire to. Right. Not not just aspire to, aspire to, to learn from, to uh, work with, work towards, you know, all those things. There's just so many benefits to be surrounded by people that are better than you, you know? Absolutely, man. Like, how and do you... So, like, how do you feel? Oh, when, go ahead. How do you, how do you feel when either your artwork gets to a certain level, or you know your bodybuilding gets to a certain level, and the guys that were big when you first got to the gym, you're kind of like bigger than now, or like the artists who used to kind of inspire you, like you're you're pretty much as good as them, and you can genuinely say that. It's kind of like a it's a strange feeling, isn't it? It's kind of um, underwhelming or, or like melancholy in a weird way. Yeah, it, it, I was going to say, it. actually, it's funny you say melancholy because I was going to be just saying it's sad because what that means is they didn't grow. Yeah, yeah, totally. Do you know what I mean? Like, if 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 I've caught you, that means you weren't growing or at least not growing at the pace I was or something. And whether it's in the gym or whether it's in art skills or whatever, you know, like, what I hope, what I hope is that, geez, if I was looking up to you, I hope you're growing too because – that just keeps me hungry. I keep growing. I keep trying. You know, I, I'm, I'm coming for you. You know, I've got a rivalry with uh, my buddy Ray. And mm-hmm. we used to have these art contests in uh, on Pencil Jack, right? And Ray beat my ass every single time I faced up against him. He's, uh, he's pretty awesome with the Ninja Turtles and stuff, right? Cool. And almost every year we had a rematch. And every year he beat my ass. And, you know, to this day... Uh, eight years later, I still message him almost every year, like, I'm coming for you, man. And every year, you know what I love? Is that he's getting better. That's you know, awesome. his art's being picked up by, uh, like, um, by animation studios. And, like, you know, like, he's he's getting better. You, you've you seen him on uh, on the group. It's, uh, um, 
yeah, I'm trying to think of what name he posts under Toronto file or something like that. Right. Like his um, Rick and Morty piece is like famous internationally now and stuff. Right. Oh, wow. Um, but the point oh, is wow. that I would be sad if Ray, if I beat Ray, not because he's my Moby Dick or anything like that. It's not that. It's just that I'd be sad because, listen, if I beat him because I'm legit and I'm beating him, cool, you know, he'll probably beat me again next year or whatever and stuff. But I'll be sad if I beat Ray because he didn't get any better. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I want Ray to be better because I want to be better. And every year I'm going to be coming for him. So you better be improving because I'm on your heels. You know, and and he knows it too. And he, he ribs me every year. He's like, man, anytime, you know, let's do it. And I I, I hope he's he's not he's not saying that because he, he's thinking, oh, I'm going to beat your ass every time. It's more like because he knows I'm working and mm. he better keep working because if he doesn't, I'll be there. Right. Totally. And so, yeah, I hope that makes sense for, as an example. Right. Yeah, man, it absolutely does. It's uh, man. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling quite inspired after this episode. Like genuinely, I want to. I am. I want to get to go see Aquaman next. I'm, I'm going to see Aquaman in an hour. So I'm either going to be continue with this inspiration. or I'm going to be depressed because most DC movies let me down. <laughs> so <laughs> so we'll man. see. I don't know. I don't. I'll post in like a couple hours about whether I, this this inspiration kept kept rolling or not. Totally, man. Yeah, let us know how it is, and I uh, hope it's Why good. Not? I hope it's not a letdown. You know, DC are a little bit hit and miss, but they they tend to get a few things right every now and then. So this might be the one. You never know. Yeah, called Rogo Jason. He, he seems pretty legit. So yeah, yeah, Jason. Momoa. You know, I expect I expect something decent here. Yeah. Well, let us know how it goes, Ed. Right so on, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up here for today. It's been one heck of an episode. Ed, thanks so much for joining me once again. That's cool. And uh, to all the listeners, thank you for listening to us for the last hour. It's been absolutely awesome. We hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. We had a lot of fun talking uh, comic book art and, you know, what is required in order for you to kind of you know make sure that you're learning things in the right way that you're on the the fastest track through to the success that you want to have as a comic book artist or at least you know developing the skills to being able to create your own comic books until next time thanks so much for listening and uh we'll we'll see (coughs) sorry (laughs) you suck i do i do And see, I screw up too, man. It's no big deal. Keep keep that in the mix, man. Don't go and edit that. (laughs) Until next time. (laughs) Until next time, keep on creating. (laughs) Woo!